Where are you guys from? Cool. All right, folks. Uh, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get going here now. Uh, I just first of all, I want to thank everyone for coming out for another edition of Zerb Soapbox. It's great to see you all here. And let's please give a warm welcome to our guest, uh, Tim Van Dam from Dropbox. <laughs> Tim, thank you so much for uh, being a part of this, and thanks for having me. Uh, enduring some of my questions today. But first of all, I got to ask, because we talked about this earlier before we kind of get into all the design stuff, where does your Twitter handle come from? Because I, I made the mistake earlier, and I called the Max because of it. <laughs> Which is uh, the best. Like, it happens about <laughs> once a month. Um, it's an old uh, gaming nickname back in, in the days where you wanted something that sounded cool and tough, especially when you're playing Counter-Strike. Um, <laughs> So I was a I was a big fan. I'm I still I'm still a big fan of a band called the Mars Volta. I started playing with that, right. and that's where we ended up here. And like the username is always available, the domain <laughs> names are all available. So kind of stuck with it. And cool. then people started calling me Max. I'm like, yeah. well, there's no way back right now. <laughs> like, it just <laughs> stuck in my head, you know. Uh, yeah, it's 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 like mine, Ryan. It's it's you know no one has that. It's just not a common Ryan Riddle. That's a, that's a really good <laughs> villain name, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Get that, I, I get that a lot, actually. <laughs> um, but you know, I kind of want to start out, uh, before we start getting into, uh, into talking about uh, Dropbox, I want to start, start by getting into kind of your design philosophy and, and what your approach to design is. What, is. what is your general design philosophy, and how do you approach design, and how do you see your approach influencing the look and feel of a product? OK, um, hold on. To me, um, the most important, there are two, two key things to every design project you're doing, no matter the, the type of project uh, or the, the size, whether it's a new product or just a new feature. Um, one, content, is that's the most important thing. Um, the things you design, the Chrome you design around the content to support mm -hmm. it um, should not get in the way uh, of that. Um, it should always support the, the content, and, and ideally, you don't want people to notice all the work right. you put into, into designing it. Um, and then the second key aspect is, is people. Um, you need to make sure that you, you know the, the target audience of whatever you're working on. Um, it's, it's, a, it's easy for, for a designer or a team of designers to build something that you want to use and like you have all the context about the, the specific product, mm -hmm. so you, you, you want to design it in a certain way. And, you, and it ends up being kind of power user-y. Um, well, you should always focus on, like, do the, do the mom test or the dad test, whatever. Like, I think my, my dad is an equally good example of that. Um, if they see this, what's, what's their reaction going to be? Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I try to design that way. So. I had a good discussion with someone uh, on a podcast recently uh, is what, where it was like, do you design with, with numbers, the data you get mm -hmm. um, um, from, from product research, um, or do you, do you design from your gut? And it's, it's sitting somewhere in between, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are, as a, as a trained designer, you have instincts and you know how to solve certain problems. But you, so you should always test that against uh, the numbers. Mm. Um, you don't want one or the other 
win that battle. It needs to be a good, like, it needs to be a healthy fight uh, in between. Right, because data only gets you kind of a part of the way there, and instinct can get you the rest of the way there. Yes. And vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And if you're working on something new, like, you can't get perfect data on it. And also, people not always know what they need. Mm -hmm. They know what they want, and they'll be very opinionated <laughs> about it. Uh, but there's a big difference uh, there. Um, if you read uh, Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, he, um, at some point, he mentions um, this constant struggle between all the different teams uh, they mm -hmm. have. Like, you have the writing department, and they want to make sure that the script is, is just perfect. You have the people focusing on the way hair looks, and they want that to be perfect. And everyone wants their team to be like the most important team of the, yeah. of the project. And again, in the end, that's not, you don't want one team or one part of the project to win. You want to have, uh, it's like everyone is, is helping keeping that ball up in the air. Mm -hmm. And because of the constant struggle between the writers and the people who do the hair and then people who do other things, like that's what creates a healthy, balanced product in the end. Mm -hmm. That's what creates a great movie uh, in the end. Mm -hmm. um, and, and how do you take that into, and, and I might be just jumping a little ahead here, uh, into like a design team dynamic? Like how does, how does that function? Because we were talking about earlier before this, uh, before we started, about how Dropbox is organized. So could you tell us a little bit of how they are actually organized in terms of, um, in, in terms of teams and, and how does that work to where there is that healthy kind of competition, but it's not this overpowering need to be one over the other. Okay. Um, so the way the teams are structured is, I think we have about 40 product designers right mm -hmm. now. Um, we have groups of two to four designers working on, they, they sit with the, the product team, so mm -hmm. they sit with the developers, with the PMs, uh, with the product people, all that. Um, so those teams are then grouped together in, in small areas of um, not expertise, but like they, uh, the products they work on, they, they solve similar, similar types of, 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 of problems. Mm -hmm. um, so day to day, you work with the same one to three uh, other designers, and you get fast feedback from them. You just tap them on the shoulder. You don't need meetings for that. Uh, but then twice a week, we sync up with some other teams that solve similar problems. Uh, but those people don't spend eight hours a day looking at the problem that you're trying to solve. Mm. Um, and then we have like we have um, the communication team. Um, we have the, the, the Dropbox product team itself, which is a large group, uh, spans a lot of different platforms. So that's a whole org. Um, we have our group of illustrators, and they do they work slightly uh, different. So every team works differently, and mm -hmm. it's constant. It's always changing, and, and it's very important for, for everyone involved to be flexible and to be respectful towards mm -hmm. each other. Which brings us to like, how do you how do you do that with a team? Is by communicating a lot, mm -hmm. by trusting the people uh, you work with, and by being trustworthy yourself. Mm -hmm. Through that, like you can have the healthy discussions you need. They they can get heated. That's cool, as long as at the end of the day you respect the people you work with. Um, it's also something we look out for when, when we're hiring new designers. Like we will look at the portfolio and the, the projects they've done before and all that. But in the end, the most important aspect is are they a, a good human being? Mm 
Right. Are they capable of receiving feedback and giving good feedback, mm -hmm. which is a skill all of its own, uh, besides being, being a talented uh, designer. And, and you brought something up that was really interesting there about uh, being trustworthy and having trust. Uh, you know, you can, you can certainly hire someone who is, is not a jerk and, and, and does all those things uh, in terms of giving good feedback, receiving, and being able to receive feedback. But within those teams, how do you continue to build trust? Mm -hmm. uh, because there is, you know, you can begin, there is some trust there, but then over time that has to be built and really to the point where you guys can have those heated debates and still walk away respecting each other. Yeah, it takes time. Um, there are a lot of things uh, that you can force in life, but mm -hmm. building up a good relationship is not one of them. Um, yeah, well, you, you work together for a while and then you get sick of each other and then it gets better. <laughs> you have, it's like the relationship you have with your <laughs> wife or, or husband uh, or whatever. Um, it really is kind of like a secondary family, right? Because there's yeah, always, yeah. there's like, there's, there's, the, there's, there's the mini battles and then there's the huge battles and then there's the, the alliances and, and all yeah. of that. Um, I, I do want to go back to, to uh, speaking a little bit more about uh, the team structuring. And you talked about uh, teams that you know, solve similar problems. Can you give us an example in terms of how that works, in terms of what it is, maybe say what you are working on and what's mm -hmm. kind of coming up for Dropbox and how does that, that dynamic of feedback work? Mm -hmm. um, let's see. We, uh, when we were working on, so I'm on the mailbox team, I've been there for uh, about a year now, and we were working on something small, it was just like the, the the sidebar, the source mm -hmm. list uh, of all the, we call them zones, but like if you're, you're different inboxes, your list and all that. Um, and we ran into the issue where people had a lot of lists mm -hmm. and we weren't sure how to solve it in a lightweight way. Like we had this system of like, uh, you can heart a list and then it will show up uh, and then you can click more and you, see, uh, you can see everything else. And mm -hmm. technically that was, that was a perfectly good solution to that problem. Um, but realistically, like people are not going to go through the hassle of, of, of liking everything or whatever uh, the, the the icon. We never really uh, settled on what we wanted as an icon for it. Um, so we worked on another team, and they had a they had a similar issue. Um, they also had a source list, what, which could overflow, mm -hmm. but you didn't necessarily want to see everything. Mm -hmm. So they um, they gave us feedback of uh, they told us what the feedback they got. Sorry. Um, of how they implemented it. Um, we ended up going with a slightly different solution. Um, so it's kind of like a smart thing and, and it, over, it overflows at the, at the bottom. Um, but it was inspired by the feedback they gave us. And that mm. was valuable feedback because they, they, it came from a real life situation mm. while we didn't have any real life data on it, on it yet. Right. And you also have mentioned something there because it's, it, it is uh, data in itself and storing data and all that can be a complex thing. And obviously Dropbox can be a, could be potentially yeah, a complex application, and, but it doesn't feel like it, right? Mm -hmm. So how do, you guys, how do you guys make sure that, that something that can be overwhelmingly bloated 
uh, get give it that simplicity that a user wants out of an application, or as I've I've heard it referred to or read it referred to, zero complexity. Mm -hmm. right? And yeah. how do you make that seemingly work? Um, we we kind of stumbled uh, upon this process by accident, I think. So a lot of people are always joking, like, "What's Dropbox doing with all designers? Like, it's just it's why all that." Uh, <laughs> um, we actually do work hard, every single one of us. Uh, we we start this process where um, a bunch of designers kind of go off in a different direction trying to solve the same problem and then we get back together mm -hmm. and we like compare notes like what do you have, what do you have and then we split off again and we, we, we keep doing that a bunch of times and through that um, we go through a bunch of really complex explorations and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden like it, it goes up in complexity and then it just starts falling down and in the end we most of the time we come up with something that we're like, why, why did we spend all this time exploring this? Because what we have right now is just, it's so straightforward. It just makes sense. And, and it's a messy process. And again, with a lot of discussion and heated arguments about like, mine is better than this because of this. And like, no, whatever. Um, but we always seem to come, like find the, the, the core uh, element uh, mm -hmm. of it and solve it in a really, simple way, at least I hope. Um. <laughs> and, and, and in terms of that, can you take us through that process? Can you give us an example of, of something that has gone through that, that process to make it seem as, 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 as simple as possible? Yeah. Um, this will be another mailbox example. But, oh, what? Not a perfect one. Oh, the the sheet that comes up when you, uh, when you defer an email. So you can swipe an email and, and have it come back later. And so we have, we have a range of options, like uh, make it come back in a couple of hours, uh, tonight, tomorrow, mm -hmm. this week, and all of that. So we had a, a bunch of complex um, things that are like, how can we, can we do custom, uh, custom snoozes, that's what we call them. Um, how can we get more options in there, and all of that. And in the end, what we settled for is the, the design is pretty much based on the screen you see when you're in a, when, when you're in a phone call mm -hmm. on your iPhone. So it's just the same one. We blur the background, um, rings with icons in there. People know uh, what to do with it because they are familiar with that screen. Mm -hmm. and, and from a design standpoint, it's not the most exciting thing because it is based on a real life example. But for us, it, makes, it made so much sense right. um, because when people first saw that screen, it wasn't something new. Uh, it was built on existing patterns uh, on the device that they use every single day. Mm -hmm. At that point, we were like, yes, this is the way we, right. we need to do it. Instead of going completely custom and, and giving them millions of options, like, no, let's keep the nine options we have right. and lay them out in, in, in a way that you, like, you can interact with it pure on, on muscle memory, almost. Right. And that's, that's playing on, on, on the user's familiarity and the user's actual need as yeah. opposed to putting in some sort of arbitrary new design that they would have to relearn, which yeah. could potentially prevent them from wanting to use the application in the first place. Yeah. Right? Uh, and in, in, and there's, there's something I read that you had once said about uh, uh, being a designer, uh, a product designer at uh, Dropbox. This is a good segue to that. It, you had said it's it's more about having good taste and recognizing what looks good. At Dropbox, we all have different areas of expertise through which we complement each other. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, kind of, 
what are those, and we've touched a little bit on it, but what are those areas of expertise and, and how does that play into that simple look and feel of the application? Mm -hmm. um, we have people that are really, really good at prototyping, um, but they might not be the best visual designers. We have great mm -hmm. visual designers um, who might not be good with um, uh, putting out, like laying out uh, a mm -hmm. flow. And we don't see that as, as weaknesses. Like we don't want to, we don't, uh, we don't expect people to know everything. But instead, very open about it and like, hey, I need, I need to prototype something. Can you help me out with this? Or can you give me some mm -hmm. pointers or whatever? Um, or um, someone else comes up and like, oh, I need an icon for this. Can you help me with it? Because like, you've done a bunch of other icons. You know mm -hmm. the style. I trust you with this. And I trust mm -hmm. that you will do a good job doing that for me. Um, but these people work in different parts of the company. So the cool mm -hmm. thing is you ask them to, to help you with something, but at the same time, it's a good excuse to, to like catch up on, hey, what have you been doing? What have you been right. doing? So um, like we're running around all the time uh, doing our work, helping out others, um, which gives you a great feeling of satisfaction as well if you right. can help with another uh, project. Um, and it's, like, it's just a good impromptu meeting <laughs> and to, to catch up. Um, it's, it's all about like building that trust. That is one right. of the ways uh, you do right. that. And, and do you find that um, because you, you talked about having like you know someone strong in prototyping, uh, do you find that that helps elevate someone who may be strong in prototyping but not in visual design, having them learn a little bit more about visual design and learn other Absolutely. things so that they can also do that on their own? Yeah. Cool. Um, that is actually the main reason I joined Dropbox is because there were a lot of people there. Mm -hmm who were really good at things that I wasn't good at. Um, and I knew, like, I, I knew some of them uh, personally, and I knew that it would be a great opportunity to mm -hmm. learn, right. to do good work and learn in the process, um, which is like school, but then you get paid <laughs> to do it. <laughs> you, get to learn, you get to learn from the, the best of the best. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, product designer at Dropbox, I'm kind of curious to know because you know product design is sort of the, it is the, the the new term and we've used it uh, at Zerp for many years, but it is uh, it is becoming a more and more prevalent term. Mm -hmm. How does Dropbox define a product designer? What goes into being a Dropbox product designer? Um, someone someone with experience shipping things. Um, so we we like to hire people. Um, not for a long time. We didn't hire people straight out of school just because we, the team mm -hmm. wasn't big enough to uh, to mentor uh, um, an, an inexperienced designer. Then we realized that because we like to hire people who have shipped at least one thing before, um, because that just like your experience grows a lot when you do that because you see how hard it is to come up with the product, define the product, prototype it, build it, ship it, maintain it. Um, we realize that people uh, in school go through similar things with hobby projects. Um, so that is, if, if we interview someone, that's definitely something uh, we look out for. And as soon as we see one or two hobby projects uh, in their portfolio, uh, we know that that person is probably going to be a better hire than someone who doesn't have that because they they went through all the problems of, uh, of all the problems of figuring all these things out, but they they didn't have to. Right. School didn't ask them. No one was paying them to do it. It was just they saw a problem and they were passionate enough 
to solve it for themselves right. and hopefully also for other people. Right. And, 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 and in terms of that, I know other than uh, being a good person, right? Are there, <laughs> which is a really important part of hiring. Yeah. Uh, are there any other, just you know, ship it, be a good person. Are there any kind of skills that you guys also look for? Because you know, we, we, we hear about like the unicorn you know, that can code, can do this, can do everything. Mm -hmm. For you, is, it, is, is that important that they can do all the things or that they be specialized in one thing or have at least a mixture of that? How does that, yeah. how does that qualify for you guys? We used to try to define this, and, and we came up with this um, bucket system. It's, it's, we don't use a system because it's not, it's not perfect. But the idea was um, you have four buckets, for example. Mm -hmm. And if you're good at four things, you fill those four buckets. Right. If you're extremely good in, in one or two things, like those count for two buckets each, and then that's that kind of the bar. But that felt it wasn't perfect, and, and it just mm -hmm. it, it didn't feel right to to right. to define a person <laughs> with a with a system like that. So it's the, uh, the the thinking behind it is still kind of the same, but we try to be more human um, about it. Um, and again, they need to be they need to be passionate about what they do, because passionate people will be open to learning. They will be mm -hmm. open to feedback. They, they want to learn how to give good feedback, all of that. Right, I think, I think that's a very important part of, of any hire, right? Mm -hmm. is, is that aspect to want to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that, if, they, if you think they don't have anything, that, or they think they don't have anything to be taught, then yeah. it becomes a wall, right? Yes. And I think that can probably almost be de more detrimental, right, than uh, yeah. just not being a good person. Yeah, you want to hire flexible people. Right. Um, I mean, and we've also hired some amazingly talented designers that were like that. They they thought they knew everything. They thought mm -hmm. like they were the shit. And we're like, well, no. <laughs> well, you might be you might be all that, uh, but that is not something. Like we'd ri we'd rather hire someone who's a little less talented, um, but has more potential to grow in the long right. term. Um, so that right. for us, that's that's the most important thing. I, th I think someone's arrived. <laughs> <laughs> you have reached your destination. Uh, <laughs> I kind of want to, before I throw it over to, to audience questions here in just a bit, I kind of want to go a little bit uh, uh, back in time, just a tad, uh, especially uh, to your, your, your time at Instagram uh, before you joined Dropbox. And you, know, you were working on uh, redesigning like the, the camera flow, and then you you did a, a video feature from scratch. Um, so I, I wanted to go in, because we had an excellent blog post uh, from Alina about you know, resist the redesign. What is the difference in thinking when you approach redesigning something versus creating a new feature from scratch? What's kind of the thought process there, and how do you approach that, and how do you tackle that? Mm -hmm. um, they are slightly similar, in a way, um, as in you want to you want to either build a system or you want to reuse a system. Mm -hmm. If you are redesign, redesigning something or designing something from scratch, um, you want that product to scale. You want the people that touch the project, project after you're gone to like, just be able to pick it up and then run mm -hmm. with it. It's the same as writing clean code, basically. Um, it needs to be a collection of building blocks that 
then later can be reused. Mm -hmm. If you are designing a new feature for an existing project, like you should try and 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 create as little new new blocks as possible, mm -hmm. um, reuse whatever is possible, uh, whatever you have, and if you really really need something that ha like is not anywhere uh, available, uh, you should be able to like almost document it. Like here's the reason why I'm designing this custom thing, and here's how you should use it in the future and all that and give the context for that new thing because that is a very expensive thing both mm -hmm. for design and for engineering to implement and to maintain. Um, if that new block uh, ends up being reused over and over again, that's a great investment. Mm -hmm. if, that's the, if, if that is the only instance of that thing for the rest of the, of the lifetime of that product, that's expensive. Mm -hmm. so. and, and in terms of that, because you, you talk about like and it's almost like the mailbox example too as well, you know, using patterns to make it easier for the user in the end. But when you do roll out uh, a new feature like that, where did you have documented, how do you actually roll that out to users and get them into the habit of using that new feature the way it was intended or that new, um, that, that, that new whatever it is, how do you roll that out and, and ensure that they're able to understand it? Um, depends on the scope of the thing. If it's a small thing, we might just roll it out and not really communicate it. Mm -hmm. um, if it's something that changes the way a lot of people use the app, we'll we'll try to throw in some education at that point. Mm -hmm. um, some like we call it just-in-time education. The thing will pop up mm -hmm. when when we we hope the user needs it. Um, if it's even bigger than that, like we'll do blog posts and and videos and all that. But we try to. We try to be helpful, but not annoying right. as we roll things out. Um, and also, we, we will roll things out, and, and people will use it in a completely different way than we expected, because we were wrong, and we did a bad <laughs> thing. And like, we'll, we'll take that responsibility, right. uh, and we'll try to fix it um, right. in a non-invasive way, in, in a way that we don't have to like relearn them things uh, again. Right. So it's a very uh, designing is not an easy process. And <laughs> hopefully it will never be. That, that's what makes it so right. enjoyable. It's, and it's a learning process, right? Yeah. That goes back to wanting to be willing to learn yes. and understand. Um, what, one thing, I have a couple more questions before I throw it out to the audience, because I found some, while doing a lot of uh, research on, in your background in this, I, I also found another quote that, that really uh, stuck out to me, and I kind of wanted to, you to elaborate on it, is it said, as a designer, it's, it's your job to pick the best font for the job, not to follow trends. Which I love that quote. I, I really it's love an that old quote. one. Yeah. Too, yeah. <laughs> I, I really do a lot of digging. <laughs> I hope that's the farthest you went back. This, this might get well, I went back to your Counter Strike days. <laughs> uh, but uh, what are the what are what are you, in your opinions the designers and uh, the dangers I should say in following design trends and and how do designers just avoid jumping on the, the next hotness of the bandwagon. Yeah. Um, I think it goes back to start with, start with the content of what you're building, whether it's, if it's a chat interface, like the messages are the most important thing. If it's right. email, like the emails are the most important thing. Um, if you start with that and build, like spread out from, from the, main, the main content and you just, everything, you, everything new you design is to support whatever the, mm -hmm. the main part of the, of the app is, 
um, it's easier to avoid design trends. Mm -hmm. If you start with designing all the chrome and all the buttons, mm -hmm. you might like you might want to like tend to lean on existing trends and the mm -hmm. things that you see on, on Dribble every day. Um, making things pretty is actually the easiest part of design. Mm -hmm. it's, you can do it in the end. W what's most important is make sure that everything is laid out in a functional way that makes sense in a flow that is easy to go through, all that. Once you have that, like you could actually ship it at that point. Um, but then, of course, the really passionate designers go in and, and put in the extra work to make sure that everything looks good. Right, right. Uh, I, and uh, I, I think you, you made a good point there about it. It, it needing to to have that function for the user and solving that problem, uh, but although admittedly as users we like pretty things, so <laughs> you still need the pretty part, right? Yeah. So it's a, but but I, I I do enjoy that. So what I want to do now is I want to uh, uh, throw it out over. Thank you so much for answering all of my questions <laughs> and, and getting into the nitty gritty of how Dropbox uh, design team works. I want to throw it out to all of you to ask any additional questions you might have. And all that good stuff. So who wants to go first? Yes. It looks like some really good progress has been made in your career. Um, and I really miss the long <laughs> I do too. What's your favorite or your team or product? Product or team, because those are. I've worked on some really shitty things with a lot of awesome people. <laughs> <laughs> and I've cranked out some really cool products with a bunch of people I never want to work with again. So. <laughs> It's all, it's all different. I think one of the things I'm most proud of was when we did video at Instagram. Um, we, uh, I think from the day we were instructed to build video till the day we shipped it to Apple, that was four weeks, um, which is something I've never seen anywhere else. That, that whole project, like everyone was aligned with the, with the problem we were trying to solve. Um, we all knew the, what the constraints were, like we knew what the time frame was, we knew uh, the things we wanted to change in the app because that, it meant adding at least one button to one of the most important flows uh, in the app. Um, so we all knew how serious it was and how difficult it was going to be and the team just rallied uh, to get behind it and, and again, four weeks to build a, a completely new feature like that. I'm, I'm still surprised that we were able to, to pull it off. Um, but till this day, like they've they've reskinned the the flow for uh, iOS seven and all of that, but the main flow is still there. Um, so again, like design, the, the the pixels are not the most important thing. Like we put the buttons in the right place, we made sure that the the flow uh, was solid, and that, that like that will last years and years. So yeah, it's probably what I'm most proud of, or most fortunate to have been part of. And then Alina. <laughs> so you said you guys have roughly 40 product designers in the mm -hmm. team? So yeah. two to three person groups aligned with Liam and Alina. Yeah. Roles of roles of front yeah. Um, how do you keep everybody aligned? How do you keep everybody, you know? Uh, I, I think that's a. Yeah. Uh, we're doing a pretty bad job of that right now. <laughs> uh, the company has quadrupled in size ever since I joined uh, a little over a year and a half ago. So we, every couple of months, like the way we are used to doing things just starts breaking and we need to 
we need to try something new and something new and something new. And at this point, that is one of the things that is breaking. Um, we have, um, we call it Picasso. It's, it's a way to upload whatever you're working on, a, a, a screenshot to an overall feed of all the designers. And that's a good way of, of seeing what everyone else is, is working on. But it's not just that we have 40 people in a team. It's also that the, the, the offices right now, I think we have six different floors. They're not all full floors, but they are different floors in two different buildings. That makes it even harder to just like naturally walk up to someone and, and look on their screen and see what they're working on. So we're trying to fix it. Um, we'll see how it goes. So Alina first, and then we'll get to you, sir. Depends on the size of, of the company. Um, if you have a startup, um, hiring a designer is extremely expensive, and you want someone who's good overall. Um, the big, if, if the company grows and grows, you have the luxury of, of hiring more specialized people because they can like you have like multiple multiple people, and they're all good at, at different things. And like, as we said, if, if they're good at communicating. Um, they can walk up to each other and, and ask for help or learn from each other at, uh, at that point. Um, so I don't, right now I'd, I'd love to hire people who are really good at one or two things and are also willing to learn new skills. Um, and, but that's in my specific current situation. So. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I call this a North Star. Uh, a North Star is like probably one of the founders of your company, and they have they have a vision. Uh, they have all the context of the of the company. They have the they know what needs to happen financially. They they know what needs to needs to happen to get more users. All of that, and they decide. Well, they they need to take responsibility of like this is what we want to do, and from there you have the specific teams, and every team leader, project person, whatever you want to call it, needs to be like a smaller North Star for that team. Um, and it, it is a trust system all the way down. And you need to, I want to trust the people I work for um, to give <coughs> me a good direction of what to work on. And I want them to trust me to do a good job executing um, on it. Um, and of course, everyone's free to give feedback as long as you, you're polite about it. Um, if you have opinions about the, the direction the company is going in and they're valid, they're, they're founded on, on, on good reasons, like you should be heard um, and you should be able to like slightly change or tweak that. Um, yeah, it's, you don't, as a, as a designer or like as an individual uh, contributor in a company, you don't have all the context, at least not in a big company. So, it's important to trust the people. It's important to trust your North Stars. Cool. 
Yes. I played with one uh, for a day a couple of weeks ago to test out an app we're building. Um, it's, it's a beautifully engineered device, um, but I'm worried that the, the software is a bit too slow and the battery life is, is borderline not enough to get you through a day. Um, but I'm excited that they sold a ton of them uh, and that there will be a second generation. So it'll get better. It's like the, the first iPhone, pretty much. Even if, if you look at the design, um, the way the glass is kind of floating above the, the screen. And these days, iPhones, like, it's just, it's, it's I don't know, they, they give it some technical name. It's flushed together in a way. So I'm excited for the watch to be more like the, the newer iPhone, get more battery capacity, be faster, not rely on an iPhone to feed them everything. So it will, personally, I'm, I'm not going to buy this, this uh, the first gen, uh, but I am excited about the future of it. I can't say. But. That was a good follow-up question. He was listening. He could be. He could. He could do my job. There's a question here, and then we'll go to the back. Um, most of the projects I'm working on, I know this is different for, for other people, but I'm actually sitting with the developers. Um, especially like with, with Mailbox, um, we did a bunch of design tweaks for uh, Yosemite, and the people with most context about what is possible, what is not possible on Yosemite are the developers. So I, they were sitting next to me or behind me, and um, as I was designing, they would give me feedback on how feasible it was to build certain things. Um, so that's how we communicate. Just we sit together, we talk all day, um, and because we do that all the time, we, we both share a lot of the context of, of what's being designed and what needs to be built. Uh, it also helps a lot with uh, deadlines. Uh, make sure you don't miss them. Other teams, they have, they have the long dogs. They have the red line uh, files that shows developers how to implement certain assets. Um, I'm fortunate enough to work with developers that will have the latest sketch beta, open a file, pull out the things they need, um, and, and take it from there. And they will ask questions when they need it, which is not very often. So. And yes, sir, in the back. Good one. Um. <laughs> I don't really remember, but I'm sure that I spent nights and nights doing something I wasn't sure uh, they wanted me to do. Uh, I, I remember being anxious about, like, what if, what if they don't like it? Like, will they fire me because I was doing this? Which would be stupid because I was working for free at that point in the middle of the night. Uh, but still, there's <laughs> um, the great thing about passion is how unhealthy it is in the end. <laughs> um, I don't have a specific example, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure I have a, a few of those. 
We have a question here, and then we'll go to the back. Um, the new feature is probably always going to be the most important thing. Um, but again, if you are close to the developers, you can like nudge them, like, hey, can you, can you quickly change that color while we are building this, this thing? And as long as you don't distract anyone or like distract people from the, the goal of shipping the new feature, um, I think that's, that's perfectly cool. Um, yeah, being flexible about it and, and knowing the people you work with closely, uh, it's very important. In the back. Um, I work in Sketch most of the time. Yeah, it used to be Photoshop for a long time, and then um, I think as soon as Sketch three came out, um, within a, at, at that point I was just starting uh, work on a new project. So it was easy for me to, to start this new project in, in a new app. Uh, otherwise, it would have been more tricky. Um, so within four weeks, I think uh, over half of the design team has switched had switched over to Sketch. Uh, people were recreating existing designs in Sketch so we could reuse those building blocks, all of that. Um, and now the entire design team is using Sketch, uh, unless they're illustrators, and then they're an illustrator, and they're never going to use anything uh, anything else. <laughs> Besides Sketch, uh, Framer. Framer is my go-to prototyping tool right now because it's, um, it's very close to HTML and CSS that um, I used to write. It's easy to, to pick up. Um, and even more importantly, it's easy to share with, with other people. I can send someone a link, and they can open the prototype on whatever device they need to open it on. Um, I know um, Quartz is really, uh, really advanced as well, but it's uh, Quartz Composer by Apple now, very much supported by Facebook. Um, but it, it's you can't just give someone a build of a prototype on their device. It's like here's my iPhone. Please, like, can you play with that, all that? Um, and besides that, um, not sure. I think that's that's what I spend most of my days in. Yeah. Cool. We have time for one more question. Yes, sir. actually have multiple services and mul multiple products. We have Dropbox, which is obviously the, the biggest one. Uh, we also have Mailbox. We have Carousel. There are some new uh, projects on the way. Uh, they just released the beta of, of Notes. Um, so in, in a way, that is a, a multi-service um, product. Um, but even like, if you're a big company doing one service, there will always be plenty of work to do. Because there are so many different parts to it. We. We use notes 
or the new Dropbox product. <laughs> uh, it's, it's internal right now because it's being built. There are some uh, external teams who have access to it, and I think they're going to launch it soon-ish. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it allows you to write in, in the same document with most multiple people together. Um, it's easy to share things. It's easy to link to other documents. Um, so we have our we have a whole system in it. Like we've, we've been using it for months, and and we have thousands and thousands of docs in there already. Cool. And one last question <laughs> from Shane in the back. Yeah. Um, I still visit Dribble uh, once a week. Uh, I try. It's most. It, Half of it is to find talent, find people I want to work with. And the other half is to see how people solve problems. I don't really pay attention to the, the visual style or the, the gradients or whatever they, they put on their buttons. Um, but it is interesting to, to see someone working on a slightly similar project or they, they solved a certain problem in a way that you hadn't, uh, hadn't thought of. And that's extremely uh, inspiring. Um, and besides that, uh, using using other products, non-related products, m might like spark inspiration to solve something. Um, but I will never go look for a specific bit of like how can I design this? Or like I have this problem. Uh, these are the these are the the unknowns. How do I how do I solve it? Well, thank you so much, uh, you. Tim, or Max, as I like to call you, <laughs> for, uh, for joining us uh, today for Deserve Soapbox. We have another uh, Soapbox event on May 8th with uh, Randy Hunt of Etsy. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Thank you, everyone, for attending. <laughs> Appreciate it. That was, that was fun.